Welcome to Honest HR, the podcast for HR professionals, people managers, and team leads intent on growing our companies for the better. We bring you honest, forward-thinking conversations and relatable stories from the workplace that challenge the way it's always been done. Because after all, you have to push back to move forward. Honest HR is a podcast from SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management. And by listening, you're helping create better workplaces and a better world. I'm Wendy Fong. I'm Amber Clayton. And I'm Monique Akadbi. Now, now let's, get, let's honest. get honest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We have a special edition of Honest HR today. We are announcing exciting changes to the podcast. As you know, the Honest HR podcast over the past couple of years has had three hosts. Myself, Amber Clayton, Senior Director of Sherm's Knowledge Center Operations. We have Wendy Fong, Virtual Event Innovation Manager, and Gloria Sinclair Miller, Field Services Director. The show will continue to have three hosts, except one of us is moving on. Let's hear from that host now. Hey, Amber. Hey, Wendy. So it is bittersweet at this point that I'm going to be leaving the Honest HR podcast. Boo. Oh, no. I know. I know. So much has changed since last we were together. I I moved to a new state. Um, I became a crazy Formula One fan. And I'm not leaving to go work for Formula One, though, hey, that's a dream. But I am taking a new role within SHRM. Um, I am now the Director of Executive and Enterprise Membership Services. That is a mouthful. But basically, I am now staying on our wonderful membership team, but um, now accountable for a really important segment, our executive network, which are our top HR professionals in our organization. So CHROs, CPOs, VPs of HR, as well as looking after and assisting our enterprise team with those enterprise accounts that we um, have as well. So it's bittersweet because you know I love hanging out with the two of you and talking about all these wonderful topics, HR topics, especially today's topic, which kind of falls in line with my move around talent and acquisition and retention. But it's bittersweet, but I know the two of you will continue to be great and with the addition of a new host. Well, thanks, Gloria. And we are definitely going to miss you. That's so exciting to hear, Gloria. So exciting to hear about your new adventure. But yes, we'll definitely miss you. And you're always welcome back anytime. I will miss you both. Absolutely. We may have you a guest, so don't go too far. All right. So we're excited because, as Gloria said, we have a new host. And our new host is going to be Monique Akanbi, Field Services Director. Welcome, Monique. Thank you for having me, Amber and Wendy and Gloria. I'm going to miss you being a part of the podcast, too. But I guess they have a new voice to get used to. Absolutely. So, Monique, could you share with our audience a little bit about yourself? 
Absolutely. I have over 15 years of HR experience. Uh, Prior to joining SHRM, I was the vice president of people and culture at a credit union association, which is essentially a trade association for credit unions in the Southeast region. Um, In addition to my professional career in HR, I was also a volunteer leader serving in various roles with our local chapter and joining the HR Florida State Council prior to joining SHRM as a field services director. So I eat, breathe, and live HR, and I'm just really excited to be a part of this podcast. We are happy to have you join us, Monique. And again, farewell, Gloria. We will miss you. Well, we'll have you on the show next time to talk about uh, executives next time and enterprise. Happy to do it. Bye, Gloria. Bye, Gloria. On our episode today, the three of us will discuss the technical competency, HR expertise, compensation, and benefits. This podcast is approved to provide recertification PDCs, but only if you listen to the full episode. One of the most talked about topics in the past few years has been the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on work workers in the workplace. Specifically, employers have struggled to retain and attract talent during this period due to various reasons. I thought we'd start with a little data, but before I share it, let's see if you can guess. So, Wendy? All right, we're going to enter our family feud part of the show. I have the same theme song. Allowed to do that, or is there like copyright provisions? <laughs> oh, wait, do we need to cut that out? I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm a little off key, so yeah. it might be okay. <laughs> So, what do you think were the top three reasons why employees left employment in 2021? Ooh, ooh, um, where's the buzzer? I think money. Money, Amber, that's a good one. Let's say flexibility. Flexibility, love it, love it. Great, those are great, great guesses. How about poor management? Oh, poor management. Mm. That's a good one. Yes. Also, what about lack of career advancement opportunities? Oh, yep. Lack of career advancement. Mm -hmm. That could definitely be one, too. Culture. Culture. I'm going to say culture. I'll just add that one. (laughs) Even though you only asked for three, we're giving you more. Bing, 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 bing. (laughs) Great guesses. So based on the SHRM 2021 survey uh, on the Great Resignation, it showed 53% left for better compensation. Ding, ding, ding. I said money. That was the number one. 42% left for better work-life balance. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. Could be workplace flexibility. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Workplace flexibility. And 36% left for better benefits. Ding, ding, ding. I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that could be um, workplace advancement. That could be tied into that as well. Yeah. 
Well, today we're going to focus on the benefits piece and discuss the type of benefits employers customarily provide, but also talk about benefits which employers may not have considered. And here are just some ideas that can actually help retain and attract employees. So are you ready for another quiz again? Love it. Let's do it. Another quiz. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. What do you think are the top three benefits that employers typically offer? Oh, I'm hitting my buzzer. Oh, gosh, I'm slow again. (laughs) Health insurance. Health insurance. Health insurance. Ding, ding, ding. I'm going to say pet insurance because that seems to be a hot topic. Ooh. Yes, pet insurance. Ding, ding, ding. Working at Sherm, they offer pet insurance options. Ooh, I'm going to talk about that too. Um, How about, um, let's see, how about 401ks? 401k. Yep, got to have that. Ding, ding, ding. Any last guesses, Monique? One last guess from you. Um, Let's say disability. So short-term or long-term disability benefits. That's a good one. Yes, love it. Short-term or long-term disability. Um, Let's see what the SHRM survey results say based on early 2022 market research. So nearly all organizations, all organizations, 98% offer some type of health coverage. 82%, yeah, ding, ding, ding. So you got that one. 82% selected retirement and savings as an important benefit. So 401k or pensions. And lastly, nearly all employers offered paid vacation leave, 99% or paid sick leave, which is 96% with two thirds, about 67%, indicating they offered a bank of paid time off or PTO covering both vacation and sick time. That's really amazing uh, to offer those type of benefits, to think of the whole person when it comes to the employee in the organization and the workplace. Yeah. And I was thinking about the health insurance too. I mean, 98% doesn't surprise me, especially with the Affordable Care Act and how, mm-hmm. you know, employers may get penalized if they don't offer, you know, affordable health care coverage to their employees. So I'm not so surprised about that. Um, I think 99% paid vacation leave is great federal government doesn't require it. We know most states don't require it, but Mm -hmm. there are states and cities that do require paid sick leave. So I think 99% uh, of, you know, employers offering paid leave vacation is, is great. Yep. And then the 82% of uh, retirement or savings benefits as well, as we plan for the future and look forward to retirement on an Island somewhere. So, Let's talk about what benefits do you personally find most important and appealing and why? So if you don't mind, I'm going to talk about this pet insurance for a minute. (laughs) That was just mentioned. Yes. Go back to the pet insurance. Yes, because I have pet insurance and I have to say many people have said, oh, don't waste your money on it. But I have pet insurance and it's been a blessing for me. My dog actually had her gallbladder removed recently. It was $10,000. 
Ooh, that's a lot of money. And <laughs> the insurance covered a good part of it. So thank goodness. And, you know, it was emergency surgery. She would have died had she not had it. So I'm just so thankful to be able to have that pet insurance. And for my dogs, at least, I've used it. I mean, they've been to the emergency room more often than not. I've got one who likes to eat everything and then the other one who just likes to snoop and everything. So for me, the pet insurance has been awesome. So the question, Amber, is how's your pet doing now? She is actually doing really well. That's great. Awesome. Yes, we thought we thought we were going to have her. She's nine years old. She's a little uh, Shih Tzu Bichon mix. And yeah, she's she's doing well. So we're real happy about that. Aww. I would have paid it. Even if I didn't have the insurance, you know, I probably would have paid it anyhow because I love my dogs. So that's that's just me. <laughs> hmm. Of course. Well, animals are becoming increasingly, they're just part of the family. Like I have a cat, my cat, Mikey, he's 11 years old. Um, Mikey, that's cute. He's one of my children. Yes. (laughs) We just love them so much. So it just makes sense to have pet insurance because we have health insurance for ourselves and our family members. So why not have it for also our pets? Yeah, and just think about the relief, right, Amber, that you did you knowing that you had pet insurance to cover mm-hmm. such an emergency uh, event. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I did have to pull out my credit card initially, and I had to look at them going, okay, which one has the highest you know amount on there that I could use? Um, but then I was reimbursed, so it was it was great. And you know, speaking of pets, I've heard of employers offering pet bereavement, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. you know. For me, I know I've lost pets in the past and it's horrible. It's like you said, Wendy, mm-hmm. it's just like a family member. So I think it's really cool that some employers are offering you know, bereavement days for pets. Now that's what I call inclusion. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. Absolutely. That's what I call inclusion. What about flexible workplaces? I know for me, uh, flexibility is very important. I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe in work-life integration. Um, and I compare that to work pl- workplace flexibility as well. And so especially during the last two years of the pandemic, where at one point a lot of employers had to send their employees home, recognizing that all of them had to, but a large majority of employers had to send their employees to work remotely as we navigated through the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. Uh, Some have adopted more flexible uh, workplace policies, whether it's completely remote or a hybrid. So I was just curious as to your thoughts around workplace flexibility and also what you're seeing uh, with uh, organizations. Yeah, so in the Knowledge Center, of course, we had many members who were contacting us over the past couple of years during the, the height of the pandemic with regards to sending employees home to work and, you know, what that means, what it requires as far as, you know, expenses. Do we have to pay for uh, chairs? Do we have to pay for internet service? Things like that. Um, and of course, you know, those things, it depends on the state law and it depends on the employer's policies and practices or contract or collective bargaining agreements, if there are some. So, you know, there's a lot of things that have to be considered when employers are allowing employees to work from home, especially like if they're working in another state, which we saw quite frequently where members were asking if employees could work in other states, they were moving and they were kind of using this time during the pandemic to be able to work wherever they wanted to work. But 
that's not always the case. Uh, an employer might have to set up a business in a certain state, and then there's taxability rules. So, you know, we, we definitely got a lot of questions around it. We know we are seeing from our members that uh, employers are offering it more, um, definitely through our research, and that if employers aren't offering it, they're having some trouble keeping and, and getting talent. So that's that's a huge issue right now. But I think the flexibility piece of it is is huge if, if you're an employer. Yeah, I know one of the things that I've shared with employers just in talking to them is we immediately go to remote work or hybrid work. And we recognize that not all positions have that ability to work remotely um, or even just work from home. And so I've challenged employers to think differently about workplace flexibility. Is it you flexing their schedule? Do they necessarily have to work eight to five? You know, do they necessarily have to work Monday through Friday um, or whatever their normal business hours are? And it's not a one size fits all approach for their employees. I shared uh, with the group actually last week where when I was in HR at a benefits broker, we had a call center and we offered a flexible schedule for them because being in a call center and answering calls for our customers It was hard to schedule doctor's appointments because we really relied on our call center agents to be there to answer our customer calls. And so they went to actually attend a four-day work schedule where they worked 10 hours and had at least a work day off to schedule maybe some doctor visits as well. And we only offered it to that group because they had limited flexibility, but that was a way for us to offer flexibility to them. That completely makes sense. And I love that too, that there's no one size fits all, that an employer, an organization really has to be creative, think outside the box and what meets that group of employees needs best, um, especially with all that we have with technology, you know, before the pandemic and the shutdown, did everyone know how to use Zoom to the extent that we do now? (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, no. We're Zoom experts now. (laughs) (laughs) So exactly. It opened up our eyes to a new way of communicating, a new way of having meetings and collaborating. And even in this whole like metaverse, if some companies adopting like virtual reality and having meetings in virtual reality, it'd be interesting to see where the technology goes. But yes, thinking outside the box and pushing boundaries um, based on what the employees have to say, really hearing them out, seeing what what their needs are. Yeah, actually, I during the pandemic, I was practicing HR and I actually saw with our employees working remotely, there was a decrease in employee drama. <laughs> employee relations went down significantly. Um, and so we joked around about that. But, you know, there are some benefits <laughs> directly and indirectly to workplace flexibility. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, though. I wonder, though, if we're not going to see a change in that only because as people start getting used to to working at home, they're communicating via Slack or team or, you know, all these different ways. And is it going to become like social media where people are, are now bullying on these channels versus, you know, actively talking in front of someone or in a cubicle? It'll be interesting to see whether or not that that changes if we start to have those types of, you know, harassment issues that are more written now versus where they might have been communicated verbally previously. Yeah, good point. Well, I would hope it's being monitored by the employer. Like if you're using a, a work 
workplace tool like uh, Slack or Microsoft Teams or Google Chat, that it's there's some sort of filters that it's being monitored to some extent for those type of keywords. Yeah, monitoring has uh, been an issue that has come up uh, just because employers, uh, you know, they want to be able to monitor someone's work performance from home and their productivity. And so there's been questions around monitoring and what's acceptable or unacceptable. There are some state laws around monitoring. uh, So you have to make sure that you look at those as an employer to make sure you're in compliance with the laws. There's things that you can and can't do. Like, for example, you know, states might be a two-party consent state where you're having to uh, if you're having a, a recording and audio, sorry, y'all, my daughter just walked in. So the dog started barking. Um, yeah. So anyhow, with monitoring, you just have to um, ensure that you're in compliance with the state's laws uh, when it comes to the consent of parties that are being recorded or um, that they're on the telephone with, or, you know, whether or not it's video recording, all of those things. But I know to monitoring, that could be a sticky issue sometimes with employees. Employees feel like maybe the managers don't trust them if they're having to be monitored all the time. Yeah, that's true. So I know that health coverage was one of the top benefits that organizations offer to their employees. But what about mental health and wellness? And the um, kind of canned response is always, we have EAP, um, but to me, my opinion, EAP is not enough. And just wanted to get you your thoughts, Amber, and your thoughts, Wendy, on around mental health and wellness benefits that employers are offering. Well, we're definitely finding that employees want mental health and, and physical health benefits. Uh, we see that in our, our research. And I would agree with you. The employee assistance programs, EAPs are great. You know, I think sometimes uh, employers are a little nervous about bringing up mental health or, or nervous about getting into those conversations with employees. But you could certainly do things like providing resources to your employees and, you know, making it clear that it's okay to have, you know, these conversations and that when you have that trust with your manager, you have a tendency to be able to speak open and freely with them. And so sometimes you're able to talk through things that are happening. Of course, you know, the employers are not psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, you know, anything like that. You don't want to, you don't want to give any kind of medical advice or anything, but I think it's helpful for employees when they have that transparency and open communication and honesty, especially with their managers. Cause I feel like, you know, I'm okay, for example, if I tell my boss that I, you know, I'm just having a bad mental <laughs> mental day, you know, I'm stressed, right. I've got anxiety, anything like that. I feel comfortable telling my manager that. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest misconceptions is we confuse mental health with mental illness. And I don't think any of us are skilled to address mental illness. Um, and I think that's one of the items employers think of immediately when they think about mental health. Uh, versus mental illness. And it's not mental illness, it's more of mental health. That's a good point, though, because mental illness, it is an invisible disability Mm. that people struggle with. So if someone does have a mental illness, also rethinking the healthcare coverage and seeing if the coverage is offered for assistance in any type of mental illness, and just looking at the whole benefits package, like the EAP, EAP programs, like how extensive are they? Is it easy to access? Like what's the process like in the employee journey to access those events? Like how many hurdles do they have to go through before they can talk to a therapist? 
Yeah. And I know the Sherm Foundation has done research around mental health in the workplace and provided some strategies for employers to adopt. And one of the strategies that stuck out for me was having a customized approach and not a one-size-fits-all approach. And it actually made me think about myself and our employees as well. You know, when we typically refer someone to EAP, let's say they're experiencing a life event and just need counseling or um, guidance uh, related to the event that they're experiencing, I know for myself, being African-American and in the Black community, Therapy is not something that we go to immediately. Like we will pray things away before we go see a therapist, right? So that made me think about employees and their upbringings and their culture and how receptive they are to, I'm just using therapy as one option, but that tends to be the go-to. So how do we offer resources in addition to what's already included in EAP to help them navigate through those events? I think that sometimes, though, with the EAP programs and, you know, each employer would need to contact their own EAP service or, um, you know, reach out to their benefits broker. But, you know, there are things that employers can do, such as, you know, offering uh, stress training or, you know, some type of sessions around mindfulness, around mm -hmm. uh, maybe meditation, you know, some of those things that you might not think about. So it's not just like sending or referring somebody to the EAP to find therapy, but rather using the EAP resources or your health insurance resources to bring people into the organization, maybe speakers or have, you know, some type of uh, video sessions or something that employees can participate in that can help to improve their mental health. And mental health and wellness, um, not just for the employee, but does your benefits cover other people in the family that may need mental health wellness? That could be something to think about too. Yeah, it could be really stressful dealing with a family member who has, you know, mental mental health issues. You know, even if it's not for that particular employee, I think it would be great to have those resources available for their families as well. Yeah, and if you're a parent of teenagers, I'm praying for you because listen, <laughs> we all need it. <laughs> I have an 18-year-old. 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> My 13-year-old son, I told him, I don't know, he's in that weird middle school phase and this, this is his last year. And I'm like, I love you, but I don't like you. And I, I think it's just hormones <laughs> and puberty. But yes. <laughs> you remember that show where they had to swap spouses? What if you swapped kids? Let's, oh. let's do that and see <laughs> See how well they do in each different environment. That's what I tell my son. I'm like, listen, you can go to another household, but you'll come running back. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> well, hopefully if there's any uh, TV producers out there listening, that's the next pitch for our reality show. And we'll all be the hosts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. So one of the things I heard about on the uh, news the other day was about naps, providing naps for employees and nap rooms and nap pods. And, you know, I'm a napper. I, I like, <laughs> I like sometimes I, when I work from home, sometimes I like to take a nap on my lunch break or, you know, even on the weekends, especially, you know, when it's raining, I want to take a nap. Um, I think it's just me getting old and, I, I just love naps. But anyhow, I think it would be great. I think, you know, sometimes if you're so tired that you really can't keep your eyes open, you're not being productive, why not provide, you know, a space for someone to take a short nap? I'm okay with it. 
Growing up, my mom used to make us take a nap and I hated it as a kid. Now I wish someone would force me to take a nap. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just a good five, 10 minute power nap. That's all you need to be re-energized. So I am all for it. I love a good nap. Yes, power nap. Well, the research has shown even taking up to a 20 minute nap uh, during the day is beneficial because Basically, you're giving your like brain and body a chance to rest. Uh, but I know any longer than 20 minutes, you might start feeling a little, little groggy or when you wake up. Um, at my last organization, they had the lactation room and nap room kind of be the same room because it wasn't mm. utilized very often. So, I mean, if since lactation rooms uh, are a little more required in, I don't know if all states, but in some states that you could convert it to a nap room if it's not being used as well. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of kids and naps, right, we're starting to see or I'm starting to see an increasing trend of not just maternity leave, but paternity leave as well and allowing dads to take time off for either the birth or adoption of a child. So I think that's pretty neat that, you know, we are also including fathers and benefits that are typically or has historically been offered to uh, quote unquote mothers. So most people may not be aware of this, but uh, if an employer offers maternity leave, and that's for the the medical side of it, the you know having the child, whether it's a C-section or a natural childbirth, giving you know most employers might give like a six to eight weeks. Then of course, and this is excluding the FMLA, the Family Medical Leave Act part of it. But if an employer gives uh, maternity leave for baby bonding, they should really be giving the same thing to the fathers as well. Otherwise, it could be perceived as discriminatory. So you know, something to think about as an employer, you know, when you're looking at your, your leave policies is, you know, ensuring that they are not discriminatory in any way. So if you're giving mothers, you know, six weeks to bond with the baby, give the fathers six weeks to bond with the baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or even for same sex couples, like what if there's two women or two um, individuals that are male in their relationship? Yeah. Mm hmm. And for those that adopt, I don't know if adoption, if your policy for maternity or paternity leave covers those that adopt or foster kids. Yeah. Yeah, many of them do. Uh, well, the ones that are not required by law to do it, you know, of course, some of those employers may not provide it specific for adoption or foster care, but there are, you know, federal and state laws that provide job protected leave as well for those reasons. So I have a hot topic, student loan debt or repayment assistance. (laughs) You know, I personally don't need it, but I think it's awesome. I I wish that uh, more employers would offer it for their employees' children because my daughter just started college this year. So that would be awesome if we can, you know, help get some of that paid. But uh, I know not not many employers offer it for the children, but they'll offer it for the employees. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely necessary, especially, well, I don't know if it's my generation or younger generations. Everyone I know, like in my age group or younger, has student loan debt to some capacity. Amen. Mm-hmm. I graduated um, with my bachelor's and I had $50,000 in debt because mm. I had to pay for myself through college. Um, and I just paid it off like last year. Yay. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> 
I bet you that's a big weight lifted off of your shoulders. Yes, absolutely. I feel free. The chains of student debt have been broken. (laughs) 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 Like now can I start saving for a house? Um, But it has delayed certain life milestones in my life. And I know other people as well, because we have this burden of student loan debt that we have to take care of first. Um, And then Sherm just announced that uh, for our employees, that they they would have some sort of student loan assistance. So that is really great to hear. Um, and every little bit helps, even if it's not a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have something. I know a lot of employers don't really think about these things. You know, as we talked about it, the top, you know, health insurance, 401k, uh, disability, vision, dental, all of those things. But I would love it if more employers would offer services like discounts on oil changes, car washing. I had to go get my car cleaned out over the weekend. And I was thinking, gosh, wouldn't it be great to have like a discounted program for this or maybe a service? I know at least one business that I'm aware of had actually provided car washing where they came into the garage or into the parking lot and offered the service to the employees uh, while they were working. And I thought that was really cool. Yes. I know a school actually a few years ago that during teacher appreciation week, they contracted with a detailer to wash all of their teachers' cars and they came to the school and washed them for them. But oh my gosh. Wow. I signed me up for that immediately. I know, right? I think that would be great. And and what a great thing as a motivator or, you know, to just recognize employees. Maybe if you can't do it for all the employees, maybe, you know, your star employees, maybe that's like a recognition program or something. You get your card fully detailed, you know, instead of getting a gift card or, you know, something like that. I think, I think that would be really cool. And I feel like that's really creative. Oh yeah. I'd I'd take that over a Starbucks gift card. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Clean my car, please. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, I actually, there's emails that we get and I'm sure other employers have used it. I know I've used it in my other companies, but places that give you discount tickets on amusement parks, concerts, uh, discounts on car rentals. I know many employers don't use those or don't reach out, but I actually have, and it's been really cool. I've saved quite a bit of money on using the discounts that I've offered through those programs through the employers. Yeah, I love a good discount. So <laughs> anywhere there is one, I, I immediately look for coupons. So. That would, yep. that is a great benefit. I'm also seeing employers offer in the realm of development, a development benefit is allowing their employees to choose maybe a course or uh, pick up a skill that's not necessarily related to their position at work. For example, my sister-in-law a few years ago when she had her one-on-one with her, her supervisor, feedback her supervisor gave her was that I think you, you know, what is something that you would like to do that just kind of just to loosen up anything, you know, just stress-free, what is it that you would like to do? And she said zip lining. And I was surprised that she responded (laughs) with zip lining, but her supervisor said, okay, sign up for it and we'll pay for you and one other person to go 
and just do zip lining. And so she called me and we went to a place in North Carolina and we did zip lining. Now I've been there, done that. I don't ever have to zip line again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was about a two hour zip line tour with the mile hike that ended and it was fun, but I thought, wow, what a way to just wow. kind of invest into the employee without it being directly tied to their position or at their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While you're thinking, well, I'm thinking how many calls would we get from members asking whether or not that's a worker's compensation <laughs> liability? Yeah, she took the day <laughs> off. So it wasn't any time, but she's like, listen, I'll pay, we'll pay for it. I know. I think I was talking to someone else and they they were sharing that their daughter took a cooking class. I think it was like an eight week cooking class and her employer paid for it. So, and it had nothing to do with her position, but it wow. was just something for her to do outside of work. And they didn't expect her to cook for uh, her colleagues or anything? No. (laughs) No. Okay. What a memorable experience. Like, I would remember that for the rest of my life. Like, you know, my company paid for this experience. Yes. Wow. That's really thinking outside of the box. I love it. Well, speaking of that, I don't know if you've had this in your past experience, but I can remember in my past experience that we were actually taken on a yacht. Now, this was not with Sherm. <laughs> it, was with a, it was with another company, but we were taken on a yacht. They took us to St. Michael's. We ended up going to a seafood restaurant. We had you know crabs and everything. And it was the company that actually was doing the construction on our building. The gentleman owned a yacht. And so all of the employees got to go on it. And I just thought it was the greatest thing. And I still remember to this day, it was 20 years ago. So, um, you know, those kinds of benefits, if you can if you can get them from, you know, within your company. I mean, it, it was just so much fun and so memorable. And, uh, you know, while it's not necessarily a benefit that you're going to get every year, uh, you know, it's great to be able to have those, you know, once in a lifetime events with your employees. Yes. And assess your risk first. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. Again, another worker's compensation, <laughs> thinking about that. I know. I mean, we've we've talked about a lot of really great benefits here. I know there's many more that we haven't talked about. Things like massages and healthy food options. I love a massage. Uh, floating holidays and uh, and pets, which we already talked about. <laughs> um, you know, transportation subsidies and things like that. I don't know that we would be able to get into all of them, but uh, but I feel like these are some really great things that employers, you know, could use to uh, help engage, retain, attract their employees. Anything else that I missed that you that we haven't talked about that we really want to get out to our audience? Okay, so I love my um, food delivery subscription to order whatever I want to, especially during the pandemic, I would just order my boba and it would be delivered to our house within 30 minutes or any restaurant that we wanted to. They were craving food. I love trying like different restaurants on there. Like, ooh, there's a deal. Let me try that restaurant. Um, And also they can do pickup too. So that's something cool to check out. You can pick up. I just don't think I'm tech savvy enough yet. <laughs> my daughter, my daughter orders through those things all the time, and and I don't know. I'm just one to take my car up the road and go through the drive-through. <laughs> yeah, my kids are the same way. Amber, <laughs> just last night, actually, my son wanted cookies, and he ordered cookies to be delivered to the house. <laughs> 
Oh, is it that cookie one that the one that like does it overnight? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. It shall be unnamed, but yes. <laughs> yes. I know. I've heard of this. I've heard of this through my daughter. So that's funny. Yes. And groceries too. You could order groceries on it to have it delivered from major grocery stores or convenience stores. There's lots of different stores in the network too. Yeah. I think ultimately when thinking about benefits that you offer your employees is just a matter of convenience is the biggest thing, right? Because we're so consumed at work. I always say we spend most of our awake hours at work and whether that is in a brick and mortar office or at home. And so the ability for employers to offer some level of convenience and flexibility to their employees is an on-target benefit. Yep, absolutely. And if you get those delivery services, I mean, think about, like you said, the convenience, the time that, you know, if I'm coming home from work, by the time I get home, I'm tired. I don't want to go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. You know, how great is that to be able to offer that and have my groceries delivered at the time that I'm arriving back at home? And I did want to mention too, so all these benefits are like really great. um, And you could just offer all these like benefits to your employees. But is it really meeting the needs of like your workplace culture and your demographic? So really doing the research and looking into, you know, your different demographics. Are your benefits uh, inclusive? Is it diverse enough? Is it creating equity? So, yes, it'd be great to offer all of these. But is it really meeting the needs of, of your employees? Yes, Yeah, I think that's a really great point and probably a good ending point for us. I I feel like we've we've talked about a lot. Um, So with that, we have uh, come to the end of our show. And for listeners who are members of SHRM, you can connect with other HR colleagues at SHRM.org. And you could also connect with our SHRM's Knowledge Center, ask one of our advisors any questions related to benefits at SHRM.org backslash HR help. Thanks, Monique and Wendy, for joining me to discuss this topic today. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Yes. Yes. And excited to have Monique on our first episode together. Welcome, welcome. We're excited. Woo! And for our listeners, this podcast is approved to provide recertification PDCs, but again, only if you listen to the full episode. And after you've listened, you're eligible to enter this activity ID. 23-H5W2H. That's for recertification PDCs in your SHRM certification portal. And if you haven't already, please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. And be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Who knows, we might read your review on a future episode. Feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter at SHRM A. Clayton. I'm also on LinkedIn. And you could also reach our other host here, Wendy and Monique on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you'd like to learn more about the Honest HR podcast, about myself or the other host, or to get additional information and resources on what was discussed in today's episode, head on over to sherm.org backslash Honest HR. Thanks again for joining us on Honest HR. Thank you. Thank you.